Well, good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome into another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. And today um, we have another episode of our Diamond Beauty series, which, um, as you all know who have been watching the show, the Diamond Beauty series, um, out of the 300 plus women that I talked to last year, which was really that many. <laughs> There were 33 women that I really felt represented the really beautiful diamond crystalline high heart, that seat of the soul. And of course, Julie Hoyle is one of those people. And Julie, I've missed you so much. So I'm so happy to have you on today. It feels like it's been a million years. Yes. Thank you so much, Lisa. I feel the same way. It feels like ages, actually. I don't know. But time's kind of moving at warp speed, I think, these days. It so, is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a real honor to have been invited. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I appreciate everything that you're doing to keep shining bright and shining light in the midst of this crazy time that we're living through. <laughs> so oh, my nice God. Well, right back at you. I mean, I love what you're doing and I love what you're teaching and your new book that's coming out and just everything that's happening right now. So it's it's mutual and I don't I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for you. I mean, really like it's the work that that brings us to this place and and so I'm just grateful for you and grateful to have you here today cuz it it is fast moving. Everything it's like phew, Time's gone. <laughs> yeah, yes, I, it really is. And you know what's been coming up for me over the last day or two, even more strongly, is the focus on courage and having mm -hmm. the courage to stand in your truth and shine bright and speak your truth and not try and hide and diminish or sort of to pull back, which is what often happens. Um, especially with respect to having difficult conversations, whether that's in a relationship or in the workspace. And, um, you know, it really, if you are, if you are somebody that says that you are, you know, whether, whether it's a seeker or you're at the end of seeking, what we're really speaking to is truth. And that really means that you embody truth in every single aspect of your being spiritually and in terms of who you are and the way you express and also um, the way you communicate with those your loved ones and those that you're working with and um and, and really being real and true to that you know and not trying to soften or mm -hmm. or i guess close down you know which often happens it mm -hmm. happens yeah, courage is a, that's a big, beautiful word, Julie. I and I think a lot of folks in the community and a lot of you guys who are listening, which by the way, everybody who's in the live, we have a lovely audience. Please share where you're from and if you have questions or comments or how you're feeling, we'd love to hear that. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of people in our community and beyond who are struggling with really being their authentic self and and experiencing attacks and shaming and beratement about who they are and on I, all sides of everything. And I think it's it's does take courage to just be yourself. Yes. You know, um, uh, somebody left a comment this morning. I posted a comment on, on Instagram 
and somebody posted um, that positivity often covers um, sort of manipulative behaviours. I forget the exact wording she used, but it's absolutely true. And you see that a lot also in spiritual communities where there's this idea or belief that you always have to be positive no matter what. You have to, you know, you have to keep shining your light and trying to uplift everything. And that, of course, is true. But at the same time, there's something that's called toxic positivity, whereby the, this, this kind of promotion of positivity is used to numb and silence people so that there's no real conversation about dysfunction or things that are not working. And you see this a lot, you know, in the work situation, you know, where people are silenced because they're told, you know, you know, we have to be positive and we have to, you know, try and work together. And, and there's an avoidance of what some of the key issues are. And you see this played out in, in just about every sort of community and in every field, um, but, but especially so in spiritual communities. And this is why, of course, you have situations where you have leaders that uh, are, are abusive because people are afraid mm -hmm. to speak out and to speak mm -hmm. their truth. And the thing is that if something doesn't feel right, it isn't right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so true. Well, and it was funny, that's that's synchronistic because I was just talking in a little call yesterday, you know, there's that pendulum swing. There's like this delicate balance between um, everybody sharing their, their victim stories and getting caught like in the negative. But then there's this other thing of like always being in the positive and not addressing what's actually happening. So it's like finding this middle balance yes. it seems to be the challenge like with our friends with our communities with everything is like how do we how do we be honest and just talk about what we're feeling and at the same time not spin in that but also not deny it that's yes. hard to do yes yeah and you look and this comes back to doing one shadow work really and truly if you haven't done your own shadow work you'll have to you'll be strive all the time to try and stay in the positive because it's too uncomfortable to be in the sort of the shadow and in the in the negativity and all of that. So there's always this drive to keep trying to swing out or find something to medicate, to keep you high, to keep you away from actually what you're feeling. And, um, you know, shadow work really is a game changer. And, and when you do that, then you can own both your light and your darkness and you're very comfortable standing in the truth of who you are, speaking truth, and, you know, supporting that by having the courage to look at things and speak about things that may be difficult and may be uncomfortable and may cause some people to sort of want to pull back. But, you know, the, the other side of that too is knowing when the time is right to speak and, you know, whether the person is ready and able to hear what needs to be said and likewise being open and receptive enough to get your own to re receive your own feedback you know in terms of adjustments and so on and so forth so mm -hmm. it's uh, it's tricky work but it's what the yogis the master yogis call walking the tightrope and you know taking the middle path and not running towards the, the light not having a propensity to sort of drop anchor in the darkness and and you also see that too 
Mm -hmm. know, you often hear people, oh, you know, I'm still working on my inner child, my inner child is, and my inner child. <laughs> and uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not. This, that, that isn't a criticism. There's nothing wrong with doing that work, but don't be, don't do it for thirty years or twenty years or ten years. You know what I mean? Be mm -hmm. aware of it, do it, and then you know, and then move on. But don't 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 kind of use that as a label or or as an identity, because that becomes problematic. And then you can't be real. You can't be true. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're always. <laughs> <laughs> yes well you know what's interesting julie i was thinking yesterday because you're going to be on today and i was thinking the very first episode of buddhist biohacker was dancing with the shadow that was like our first time ever doing this and like seeing how it was and it was so fun we still doing it <laughs> um but I was thinking about even where I've come from that place with my own shadow work in the last year and a half, because even though I'd been doing it for uh, over a decade, it, it was like a lot integrated this last year. And one of the cool things that happened in the last, really the last couple of weeks was I was really frustrated at, at the house cleaning. I mean, that was really what it was. I was frustrated with the kids and my husband. I was like, you know, I'm just always cleaning and uh, and no one was home either. I was just mad and I was sitting and I was like stewing about it. And in that moment of stewing, I recognized I was in a story. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I don't really need to have this kind of energy about this. And it it just went away. Like all my anger. And I was like mad. All my anger, everything just went away. And it was the coolest thing because I was like, wow. Like I didn't even think about that for more than five minutes and it's just poof, all yeah. gone. And, and I, I'm having more and more experiences where I'm like seeing a story for myself that I'm like telling. And so it's really cool. Cause it's like very quick. I mean, it is not even, I don't, I'm not even journaling. It's like, Oh, I'm just recognizing it. And so I wanted to ask you like, cause we did that episode April of 2020, I think it was April. And since then, you had one book out. Now you have a second one, which is really your third and fourth, but about the shadow. But what have have you noticed, even working with people on the shadow, like what have you noticed that's changed? Like what's different? Because I'm I'm so curious. Yeah, um, so that, that, that's a really good question. First of all, being conscious of the shadow is a big step. And then, uh, you know, the, the reason I wrote that book was really to sort of point that out and give people practical, very simple tools that they could work with in their day-to-day -day life, no matter how crazy the life is, right? And it mm -hmm. doesn't entail sitting in meditation. So, so that was really the kind of the goal of that. And what's happened is that because of the awareness, because one's awareness becomes more refined around what the shadow is, and then there's a, there's a willingness it's, it's about the willingness to say yes to actually doing the work, because as we know, reading a book, <clears throat> excuse me, about the shadow or hearing about the shadow is one thing, but actually doing the work is another thing. Mm -hmm. So um, initially what happened was I received a lot of messages from people saying, oh, you know, I, I want to read the book through first and then come back to the chapters and do the exercises. Is that OK? And I said, absolutely do what works for you. And then other people said, you know, can I jump? different to different chapters absolutely do what's right for you, you know? <laughs> so there are all these questions about because there's a fixation as well in the west about doing it the right way yeah rather than, rather than trusting oneself and again i'm a huge advocate about 
trusting what feels right for you, trusting your own inner guidance, recognizing when you're hearing truth and feeling truth. So, so you know, there was, there's been a lot of that first part. And then as people worked through the self-inquiry practice and, and had these direct experiences of what the shadow was in their own lives and then started transforming it, the, the conversations have become much more refined. And I've been hearing people say just what you said in terms of seeing something coming up, recognizing it immediately and then seeing through it and it falling away. And they are absolutely astounded at the speed of how quickly this is this is manifesting. And not only that, not only are they seeing that in their own lives, but there's a knock-on effect with respect to relationships because, you know, if you've been, say, working with an issue around your mom or your dad or whatever, or a sibling, even if you don't necessarily see them, the next time you speak to them or see them, there's been a change without you having to have a conversation with them about the shadow because you're actually working on your own conscious, on the con you know, the personal consciousness, so to speak. And of course it affects the whole. So it's really radical. You know, shadow work is radical. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's, a, it's a, I always say it's a life changer and I'm not exagger exaggerating and I can stand behind that you know through my own direct experience and um i i just you know it's changed everything and mm -hmm. the way it's affected me in terms of how i teach and speak and all of that is there's just nothing hidden because and i'm I, i'm very direct my language actually over the last year or so has become much more colorful than it used to be. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know but if you're an advocate for truth, I always say truth with a capital T. You just have to say what you have to say. And you don't worry about what people think. You're not trying to manage anything anymore. It's just all about truth and all about reflecting that and speaking that and stay, staying real and being authentic. And, and, you know, and there's a tremendous joy in that, too. You know, one of the other things that I hear a lot from, from clients and from people who are doing shadow work is this, this innate joy just starts to sort of come out. And there's this freedom because there's a freedom of expression and mm -hmm. playfulness in that freedom of expression. And it becomes very easeful. And it's not like you're having to sort of push it and drive it, you know what I mean, or sit and think about it. <laughs> yeah. There's well, yeah. Yeah, spontaneity, is, I guess, is the right word. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I can't even tell you how many examples just in the last month, even that have come up for me where I'm just like, wow, like this is some new energy even for me and, and my own understanding of how this all works. And, you know, I think what's interesting to me, and I'm curious about you in your own experience, and also, you know, any clients that you've had, but what I've noticed is I've really like gone back to my childhood, like a lot of memories from my childhood are surfacing. And there's probably many reasons for that. But one of the things that I'm really realizing is how unique I really was. Like, that's one thing that's really come up is like, wow, I really was having a different life experience than a lot of the kids my age. 
and a different understanding of what the world and a different desire to do different things, like even just to want to be alone. Like I used to love to just be alone and ride my bike and journal at the oak tree. Like I wasn't ever interested in some of the other stuff. And there was so much suffering in that. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I was always crying and I was always lonely and I was always sad. And oh, I remember crying because I didn't have a boyfriend when my other girlfriends had boyfriend. I mean, it was just so much drama. And that weight, you know, is like gone. And there's also this like, oh, I'm actually like, I am that unique person now. Like, I think I left that energy and kind of went into the mundane world. And it's like, oh, I'm finally, so that's part, it's like connecting to who I really was when I was young and, and my innate self. And, and now there's joy to be that. It's so different from the suffering and pain of it. It's like, oh, this is actually a gift to be who I am. It's actually okay. I'm actually enough. And that, that I am enough is like the last three weeks, every single story I had about myself came back to not being enough, that I have to do so much because I'm not enough. And so, and, and it just fascinates me how much it's changing so rapidly now. And so I'm just curious, like, what about you? Like, do you think about your childhood and how that relates? And have you seen that with your clients? I mean, I don't know. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good question. Uh, the answer to that personally is yes and no. Uh, yes, a lot of the, what, what the shamans call recapitulation happened um, directly after, you know, I had this radical spiritual awakening in 1989. So I worked through a lot of that, revisiting the past, looking at my relationship, you know, remembering events and things, um, and, and just really seeing how, how displaced I felt and discontent I felt and unseen, you know, and mm-hmm. feeling like the weird one and all of those things. And, and, and it's terribly painful to look at that but there's also an appreciation around why that was happening and why i was feeling those things because because after i had this awakening i i could see that this longing to know truth and a longing to reconnect with source itself or a being that re- represented source itself was the driving force in my life and of course, I couldn't have put that in my own words as a kid because you just don't know what's wrong. You just feel like there's something wrong with you. And there's, you know, if you've got no one in your in your circle that can speak that language, uh, you know, and, and and express the same thing, you do feel very isolated. And so that was certainly my case. Um, and then after this awakening, you know, all those things came up, and I just saw through them. And I did some healing work and all of that around that. And that. I think that lasted about five or six years and um, and then it was essentially done with. And, and I, I really rarely get that kind of thing happening now in terms of memories and things, but certainly the people I work with do. And, um, you know, it's all part and part of the process and, and it's perfectly fine. It can be very difficult to look at sometimes. It, it can be mm-hmm. like grieving process somehow but um yeah it's part and parcel of really seeing through and recognizing and understanding and having compassion also for those in your family that you know weren't able to see you or you know teachers or caregivers that may have been unkind or whatever 
and um yeah and that does that kind of itself out but but the thing is is that once it's seen through the weight of that dissolves because there's a weight to it that you carry mm-hmm. in your psyche and um and once that's seen through it's just it, it it dissolves and there's just this joy what's left is joy yeah and it, it also means one of the beautiful things and i think this is why i was drawn to teach whoever comes into my space as a student i can see him or her and I know how to hold space in a uni- unique way for each and every student because I can just see where they are and I can see what they're feeling and I can see, um, you know, where they're not being held and, and and just the seeing of that really creates an awakening. And it's, um, and obviously I don't need to be using this language. You know, I might be talking about drawing or coloring or something Mm-hmm. But um, but I can speak to those places that 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 are longing to be seen, and this this is the main pain point in every person that's born in, into this world that we have this longing to be seen, and our parents cannot see us unless they've seen themselves and know who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, this is this is why the work of awakening the whole of humanity is is taking place and it's kind of a precedent it's a precedent now and um, we're all being called to support that in our own unique way yeah well it's even landing as you're talking it's landing in me that i think what's happening is i'm really starting to see myself and it's there's a uh there's a grieving in having not seen myself or valued myself. And yet there's this opening. I mean, I'm just recognizing that even as you're talking, I'm like, Oh, that's really what's happening. You know, cause that goes back to the, I am enough and valuing ourselves is when we finally see who we are. It's like, Oh, this is who I am. And, and it's actually really great. And we have some great comments out here. Hi to everybody. We have Raquel. In Idaho, we have Claire in Omaha. Hi, guys. We have Hope. Um, says her head is spinning, spinning, spinning. I love those little emojis. We can't see them on StreamYard, but I can see them on YouTube. Um, we have Jen in Meridian, Ohio. Michelle in Las Vegas. So just welcome in, everybody. And Karen says, um, good morning from California. I was having a difficult conversation with my boyfriend this week. I was explaining something didn't feel right to me so I wasn't going to do it. And he said, the reason I didn't want to do it was due to external influences. I could not convince him that no, it was just my feeling internal, not external. And so she said, so yes, trusting yourself. And yeah, that's the going back to the courage part. Yes, yes. And, um, and just staying true to that too. And you know, and obviously you do examine that. And you know, keep checking in, seeing if it's if if you got the right hit, so to speak. Um, but then, uh, but then, living true. And and you know, the thing is, is when we do that, it's it, it's if we're coming from that authentic place, then it's always the outcome is always the the highest outcome for ourselves and the highest outcome for our loved ones and our family and work the work situation, and so on and so forth and it's when when we deny that part of our own seeing and knowing that that we end up in in situations that really are not good they're dysfunctional Mm -hmm. or they're 
manipulative or you know whatever the story is and i know we've all had it, those kinds of experiences uh and the beauty is we learn from them of course but um you know one of the big things that i see particularly with spiritual seekers is a, a tendency towards passivity and not speaking up and not st st standing strong and not owning what you're feeling especially in the work situation because you know there's there's often this feeling that you don't want to be labeled as the weird one or as the difficult one or the, the one that isn't the team player if you're having to point to something that isn't you know positive and isn't it wonderful <laughs> yeah um, but this this is part and parcel of the work about about just owning it <laughs> Owning it at all costs is the key, I think, especially now. Because there's so yeah. much BS. You know, there's so much BS. <laughs> it's just there is. Well, and i that's a great segue because I was on Twitter last night and um, somebody was saying, you know, that at, because ascension and spirituality has gone mainstream to really watch out because there's a lot of like, false teachers taking advantage of this and really, and, and they even said in the tweet, they were like, you know, just if they're putting high price tags, like watch out. And it made me think of you and me because you've really spoken out about that this year. And, um, and it's true. It's like, uh, really, I, I don't even know what's going on, but it's, you see it everywhere. It's like levels and huge price points and i think it's important to value the work and at the same time i don't think anything's worth like 20k or whatever I mean, i'm just seeing some crazy stuff out there it's it's like oh it's so nauseating i really hate it i mm -hmm. honestly and and you know and i'm particularly sensitive to that because of because of being you know in terms of my professional work as a teacher, which, you know, everybody knows, it's not like the high paid profession at all. So, yeah. so, so I use the barometer, you know, in terms of what would a beginning starting out teacher or, a, you know, somebody who works in McDonald's, for example, or somebody who has a low paying job on minimum wage, maybe single mom with kids, you know, how could he or she or whoever it is afford to be able to pay, for example, $1,500 a month which is what I saw and I've spoken about for mentorship from, from this guy who presents as a spiritual teacher. Um, so it's really about exclusivity, <laughs> bless you. Excuse me. <laughs> and the thing is the truth is available to everyone. Mm -hmm. There's no limit. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity, your age, your financial circumstances, it's freely available. It's you know, it's being true to you. And obviously, you know, as we've discussed before, if a teacher is, you know, spending time writing books or creating courses or whatever, that it's important as an exchange. But at least be inclusive about it. Don't don't make it just for rich people. You know what I mean? What mm -hmm. the hell is that? <laughs> what yeah. is that? You know, you don't know enough, so you can't find out who you are. You can't become enlightened. I mean, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just nauseating. It yeah. Really and that's why I've spoken so much about it and um, keep banging my drum <laughs> to, 
just you know to keep saying just just recognize who you are you are prior to your ideas beliefs your stories and all of that it's so simple right mm -hmm. you don't need to be you know taking courses and programs that have levels so so if nothing else today whoever's listening to this please <laughs> <laughs> if you're drawn to check out a course or a program and it has level one, level two, level three, and, you know, it's a two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year program that is kind of, you know, promising this ascendancy thing, this pyramid, <laughs> you want to call it, I yeah. would say run as far away as you possibly can because, because you will never become self-realized a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you can become realized only in this moment. And it's about being in this moment right now, you know, meeting and greeting whatever's coming up within you, whether it's anger and frustration and despair and despondency, whatever it is, be willing to meet everything, you know, welcome everything as an ally and then let that speak to and point to the truth of who you are and trust that you know mm -hmm. so um but yes you know all of this kind of noise and confusion and and, and whatever you want to call it, it is kind of rampant and so mm -hmm. it, it's important to just stay true yeah i agree well in my my beef or understanding or whatever i want to say but there's I'm really discerning the control control energy versus teaching energy. And I, I think that's, for me, is like the key thing is, are they like spoon feeding information that you're having to pay more and more for? Or are they just yes. willingly sharing? Because that's what I have noticed is that there's a lot of teachers and some that I, you know, there's some spiritual teachers out there that I really loved that I'm noticing are doing that, which is this like almost like a hoarding of information or like they're the only ones that have the information. And I just always, I cannot help but always go back to the Dalai Lama. To see the Dalai Lama at a public talk was $40. And it's the Dalai Lama. He didn't charge five hundred dollars. He it was forty dollars. And and to go to a teaching, I remember the three day teaching in New York City. It was three days at Radio City Music Hall. It was three hundred dollars. That was it. And so I always go back to that because and he would teach the whole time. It was here's the books, here's the teachings, here's all the information, and he would prompt you to go learn it more after that. There wasn't like a, a hoarding because I'd noticed some like gurus and some teachers, it'd be thousands of dollars to go to a weekend retreat. And, you know, they wanted you to have a certain kind of initiation or they wanted. And even in the initiations, his holiness would say, if you don't want this, just sit down. If you do, you can stand up. I mean, there was always this like open flow of energy. And I think that's the thing that I've noticed with spiritual teachers. If there's an open flow you know, and it's, it's connected. It, and, you know, and I think the free stuff is tricky too. Like, I think you have to see, like, is that teacher valuing themselves? Are they freely giving their information? Um, is the value making sense to me? Like that's, that is so important. It just is. Cause I think there's just this 
there's, and if they're telling you what to do, that's the control energy too. Like it's driving me crazy that there's so many spiritual teachers out there saying, you're not going to ascend if you do this, or you shouldn't do that, or don't do this or do this. And that isn't a prompt. Like it should just, you should just be asked what you think. And if you're not, yes. then they're probably not aligned with truth. Like it should be more, well, what are you thinking? Or here's information, discern for yourself what you want to do with it. The telling you stuff is such control, I think. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You look, and the, the other thing that I always say is use your own life as a testimony. You know, whoever you're working with, whether you're working with me or someone else or whoever it is, right? Just look at your own life. Has there been some kind of improvement or change, clarity in your own seeing, uh, an ability to, tr to trust yourself with respect to what you're intuiting? Is that happening? Or are you still struggling with those things? And if you're still struggling with those things, you're, re you're really with the wrong course program or teacher. Because, you know, any authentic teacher or guru really is the, 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 the words that he or she is using are just a vehicle for the awakening power for, for a transmission is really what's happening. And, um, the, you know, the, the, the movement of that has an effect and it will completely move away and help clear out any obstacles to that person's own, own capacity to see for him or herself. It's not about anybody memorizing anything. And, and also if you're with a teacher or, or, or a program that's really convoluted and you've got to kind of scratch your head and like, you know, say, wait a minute, let me just study this again. Let me read that again. Let me write notes. Let me try and analyze this. It's not the truth because truth itself is so simple. Even a child can understand it. And you feel it in your heart. You feel it in your being. Which, and it's beyond words. It's really difficult to put into words, actually, is what happens. But, but you know, really and truly, look, just, I always say, just look at your own life and see what you have begun to see for yourself and you have begun to recognize for yourself and what your call to action is around that. And, um, and again, if you're paying these ridiculous prices, I mean, I had a client that came to see me a few years ago, three or four years ago. And, um, you know, I spent, I think two hours with close this, she's a low, she was a local person and, you know, I spent close to two hours with her and she was struggling financially. And yet she wanted to go and spend time with a teacher in the u.s and the cost for six days or something was seven thousand mm. dollars and, and i said you know it within that struggle look at look look within that struggle because within that struggle is is the answer uh, you know and rather than stretching yourself thin and and paying for this program that she clearly couldn't afford just stay and meditate and be still and quiet and do some self-inquiry mm -hmm. and see where that leads you go sit on the beach under a palm tree do what <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, just do the work rather than going and wanting to be spoon-fed by mm -hmm. whoever this person was you know take notes and you know feel like you've got something 
um, and just just do what the mo is is simplest for you and the most affordable because you have to also be practical about these things too right and don't go mm -hmm. into debt because that's the other thing i've seen i've seen people go into debt paying for sp spiritual programs and courses and it's just ridiculous mm -hmm. so um, well, and i think if you're meant to do it the abundance does appear yes and, it does. and that's like even again sorry guys beating a dead horse with the dalai lama stories but when i went i wanted to go to the kala chakra in washington dc it was two weeks of missing work two weeks of travel i could not afford it and i chose to apply to work as a volunteer and not only did i get to work as a volunteer but they gifted me with the tickets for the entire event because i was willing to work the event um, I roommated with somebody that I'd never met before. I mean, all of these things like fell into place to go. And so I think that's something to recognize too, is if it's really aligned with your path, yes. it will manifest. If yes. you are, I, I have had, even I've had business things that were a huge struggle and it was like, clearly that was not what I was supposed to do. And even now I'm still learning those lessons of, okay, if I, you know, this is not in my path because it, it, I'm not seeing the synchronistic abundance to support it. And I think that's important too. And um, Lars, I love your comment. It's a great time of training and discernment all the way up. Thank you for what you both share. Thank you, Lars. He's all the way over in Denmark and I just love that you're here. And Claire has an interesting thing for us to look at. She said, I'm frustrated with the discrepancy between what some spiritual practitioners charge and what I'm comfortable with charging or paying. I found someone last night that's charging $695 per hour. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, I, I shelled out um, $500 for a, an astrological reading. And I've shelled that out before for things that were very disappointing. And so you really have to look at their body of work. That's kind of my opinion and do that for yourself as well. So when you're making a decision, like the, the $500 I paid was to somebody who is an absolute expert in their field, 30 years plus of training and the time that they're spending to analyze my chart is worth it to me. Um, and it's the same thing for yourself. I think the best activity, and Julie, I'd love to hear what you think too, but the, my favorite activity is write down what you've spent to get where you are. The time, the training, the experiences, the schooling, whatever, it is, the supplies, like whatever it is, because there's real value in what we all do. So it's not to discount the value. It's just the overvaluing. Yes, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, and likewise, like if I talk about, you know, the time I was in India for two years without any income, you know, all the programs and courses and trainings I did, I invested a lot of time and energy and focus and, and you know, personal, personal sacrifice around just really wanting to dive into and discover the truth and um and not give up on it you know but mm -hmm. but i think I, where i kind of question and struggle is where i'm not when i'm not feeling you know this there's a teacher that presents has these really really high inflated in my opinion infl inflated price points but doesn't have the expertise 
and the experience with respect to the time. And I'm not saying, let me, let me say here, I'm not saying that let's say if you're 21, you can't, you know, present and, and have had a radical awakening and so on and so forth. But, but, but what, what becomes evident is when a teacher is speaking from a body of work that he or she has read about, you know, and they quote a master mm -hmm. or a teaching or, you know, and it doesn't feel like it's an authentic seeing for, from, 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 from a space of him or herself. So, you know, it comes down to discernment and just connecting in with what feels right and true and real for you and um and and trusting that because if you don't you'll get burned and mm -hmm. there, there won't you won't receive very much you'll give a lot out but you <laughs> yeah well and that's true in in all spirituality and in religions too i mean there's tons of you know uh preachers that people have paid lots of money to and there's a lot of corruption in that space and so you know, there's been corruption in the Kundalini community. There's corruption in the Catholic Church. I mean, there's all this corruption, and a lot of it comes from people. When when we want to just throw money at something, that goes back. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it's lazy. It's being lazy and not wanting to do your work, and that's just not what Julie and I are about. <laughs> That's not what it's about. You know, I, I'm really into this whole thing. I've been obsessed the last couple of weeks about, you know, this is an experience and everything for me is like, what do I want my experience to be? And, you know, it, you don't get an, ex, you can't, you can buy an experience, but you still have to be present in what you bought. And I think that's the thing is if you become present and where you're putting your money then all of a sudden you're not throwing it in places. And that's true even with shopping and stuff, right? Like if yeah. we're not present, we spend money we shouldn't spend. So it goes back to what you said, Julie, which is it's really just about the present moment. There's really no other thing. Like you yeah. just have to be ready right now. There's nowhere else to be. <laughs> yes. And, and, uh, and really meet it. Even if, like I said, you know, it just feels shitty and uncomfortable and you really don't want to be where you're at and, or, you know, you're in a work situation, you're just like, oh, God, you know, get me out of here, please. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've all been there, right? Oh, my God, I can't stand it. Oh, you know, and you want to have these kind of visions of going somewhere nice and calm or whatever the story is. Um, and it's just kind of, you know... <laughs> You really have to, in order to create change, you have to be where you are and meet mm -hmm. the, the, the challenging situation and circumstances and learn from it. And then you can initiate change. I mean, it's, I think it's possible to create change as well, but what happens is, of course, you just recreate what you believe and never get out of that cycle. And, um, and again, I'm sure we've all done, you know, <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, or another. I have some spiritual stuff I've paid for that. I'm like, mm, I, you know, I look back and I think, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it is disappointing. Or you have spiritual teachers that, that post something and then you're like, oh, 
really? Like, is that what's happening? So it, it's tough. And Lars, I appreciate this. He said, I heard spiritual teacher argue that high knowledge and wisdom should hold a high price. Those who really want it will pay. And that is spiritual ego, if you ask me. And for sure it is. We know we're talking to our community because you guys get it. <laughs> you totally get yeah. it. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And look, you know, I've said this before, but you know that these these master yogis, these profound beings, you know, you can go on the very first visit, they will tell you straight away, thou art that, mm -hmm. you know, they'll t have you tell you just sit or, or they'll just say to you, have you eaten? You know, have you taken care of yourself? Have you bathed or whatever? Have you rested? It's taking care of you physiologically, you know, in terms of your own well-being. And then their highest teaching is to sit with you in silence. Can you meet your own silence? Mm -hmm. Is really what it's all about? Can you stop yeah. grasping? Can you be where you are and meet what's coming up, even if it just feels like shit? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Because you have to be here. You cannot be self-realized tomorrow and next year and next month. And that's the illusion that keeps spiritual seekers going. There's always this idea, well, if I do this course next week or next month, or if I meditate more or for longer, you know, there's always this kind of hazy idea that you'll attain spiritual realization at the end of a, this seeking, this, this following this path or whatever it is, this program. And of course, all of that is an illusion. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a mirage because because it, you know source itself who you are your true nature has to be seen in this moment there's only this moment <laughs> so you have to wake up to what is already here as your own seeing prior to the movement of the mind and prior to the story the generation of the story and um and that, that recognition can only happen now. One of the great beings that I worked with once said to me many years ago, time is not necessary to attain the self. And I was like, wow, time isn't necessary to attain mm. the self. You know, I had to kind of like let that settle. And, and it's what she said is true because because she was speaking about right now being where you are right now in this moment and not thinking it's going to happen tomorrow because it won't <laughs> because the place you are looking from already that place that you are looking from that place where you recognize truth in the words maybe that i don't know eckhart tolle's saying or gangaji's saying or whoever that you you know teacher you resonate with that there's a feeling, there's a pulsation when you hear truth. There's a recognition. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely undeniable within you, within your own being. It's, it sees truth. It hears truth. It recognizes truth. And only the self, only self-recognition can recognize the truth or source itself. So, so you are already what you have been seeking through courses and programs and being with gurus and teachers and so on and so forth, because otherwise you wouldn't be in this place. So your own, your own recognition is self-realization. 
but of course it takes it, it, it that's hard for the western mind to accept because because we've been taught that everything is about being on a progressive path and a progressive mm -hmm. journey and you know you have the model with respect to school and university and all of those things it's always about this sort of progression and getting higher <laughs> and um and it's really none of that or that re really self-realization is the collapsing of all of that and letting go of all of those ideas and beliefs and just being right where you are and valuing and honoring your own seeing and your own knowing and your own recognition rather than um looking for someone you know for someone else to point the way to your you know speak the truth to you or whatever yeah it's so simple it's so simple, <laughs> it's so simple but it's so hard for our minds i mean it's the mind it just wants i mean i'm analytical i love all the complexity i love reading about buddhism and all the intricacies because that's a very intellectual analytical philosophy um, and it's so hard to just let it all go and be like, nope, it's just me and that's it. And it's okay. Like, that's so hard. It's so hard. Yes. Um, well, what I would say is, is it, it's, it's not just me. Well, you have to, you have, first of all, you have to really shine light and identify who do you identify as being. You know, when you say when we say me, we usually are referring to the story and the body and the mind and all of those things. <laughs> Whereas one's true identity, you know, yogis have been speaking to millennia, 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 is um, source itself. Your true nature is source itself, which is the vastness or the silence that 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 you actually feel and connect with you know when you wake up in the morning and there's the mind there's no movement you're still mm -hmm. awake you're still present <laughs> you're still able to function and do whatever but but you know it because the mind is is still and it hasn't started being active so to speak you're actually seeing from the place of the self or source itself or whatever you want to call that um, and but what happens is the mind kicks in and then we identify with the mind we identify with thoughts uh, we identify with emotions and then uh, we believe that is who we are and of course and we already know that cannot be who we are because our minds change so much right one mm -hmm. minute you have this idea i want to go and live in italy you, just, you know and you go <laughs> crazy about and then the next day oh no i think i'll go live in france you know, and, and we already know that, that thoughts move and they change and they never, it's not static. There's nothing static at all about one's mind. There's nothing static about emotions. There's nothing static about the body either because the body's subject to change. Absolutely everything is subject to change. And, and the yogis say, discover that which never changes. Discover that which never moves. Discover that which is never altered in any way. Mm. So essentially every single thing that changes is not you you are that which is prior to this movement and this change and that is absolute stillness or silence or the mystery or whatever you want to call it <laughs> um and and we've all felt this we all know what this is because it, it is that 
is that recognition that 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 sort of drives us to want to find out about you know what spiritual realization is and want to read books by great beings and want to learn about yoga meditation and it's really the self calling itself back home is um, mm. another way of putting it of source speaking to source and calling source back home and 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 it's it's really about you know self realization is really dropping the identification with being the mind and the body and the thoughts um, yeah seeing what's here prior to all of that mm. and once this is seen it's it's like game over you know <laughs> seeking ends you stop looking for something or someone to um to give you self-realization <laughs> <laughs> Well, and that's another good segue, because I know that's really where your work is now, is really working with people who want to put an end to seeking. And I would love, before we run out of time, for you to share how you're working with people. And I know you have some events and things coming up, and I'd just love for you to share with everyone who wants to connect with you or wants to know what's going on or how to work with you. Yeah, sure. So um, first of all, my website is juliehoyle.org which I think you may have going underneath. Mm -hmm. um, you can find me also on Instagram at Julie Hoyle Official. And I've written several books about, you know, being present, being awake, being aware in your own life. And I offer, you know, mentorship programs. I've just started offering those recently, either one month, two months or three months, which are really affordable. And um, I work one-on-one -on -one as well as in groups. And I recently ran a session called Seeing Through the Illusion, which really supports spiritual seekers to look at the, the, the old ideas and patterns and beliefs they have around self-realization. Because, you know, that can get really, it's just ridiculous, these ideas that, you know, that, that you shouldn't be feeling things and you shouldn't be having these ideas as a self-realized being. So, yeah, and so I'm offering, I'm offering that. I've got a couple of events um, coming up, I've, I've got them written down here so I don't forget actually, one's a, an activation for an abund for abundance which is on July 8th at 5.30 MT but you know all of this information is on my website so go you know, ch you can check it out if anybody's interested and what I always say is if there's a resonance, trust it and if there isn't, that's fine too you know, I mean I'll often get emails from people saying you know, I'm, I'm interested in working with you, but can you just give me some insight and tell me what you think is best for me? Should I do this session or this session? Or, And I just say, I'm not going to tell you. You know, really and truly, I'm not. I'm not here to promote anything that I'm doing. It's really about you. Try what feels right. And if it doesn't, that's absolutely perfectly fine too. You know, it's all about trusting, trusting that. So, um, yeah, and so and I've written books, um, so people, folks can check that out. And I also have my YouTube channel. So there's a lot of free, very um, powerful content that I've put out as well via my YouTube channel, very short videos. So, um, yes, yeah, so there's this, this a lot, but it's, but I have, I, I mean, I do, I work with people that are just waking up. I work with people kind of in the middle. And then more recently, I've been working with more people who are just really so tired and so done with the spiritual seeking, and they've just had enough. So there has been more of that going on as well. 
and um, I, you know, I welcome whoever it, it is, wherever they're at. It's all perfect. Yeah. Well, and you guys probably don't need it, but you know, I've been working with Julie since like 2005, like 16 years. Um, and it's just been life changing for me. So, you know, she's definitely worth connecting with. And uh, Julie, also you have, I don't even know, 13 or something presentations in the light library in the Ajatakasa app. So um, if you are interested in the app and haven't downloaded it yet, um, it's at ajatakasa.com. It's on Droid and, and Google or an Apple and everything. And um, if you're not a member of the circle and you're in the app, um, that's only 30 bucks a month. And there's over a thousand videos in there now. And Julie has um, some really incredible, potent presentations in the light library for circle members that are about lucid dreaming and um, regression and shamanism and all sorts of things. So um, well worth doing that as well. So um, Julie, time flies. I missed you. I was so happy to see you this morning and time just poop, yes. came out. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And all we've been doing is sitting in the present moment. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I and love when, it. Yes. And when you're in, in the now, in this moment, the time dissolves. No, that's what happens. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, the time slows down when you're not focusing on right now and you're pining for something usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I love you so much. And you are absolutely a diamond beauty and a teacher and a soul sister and all sorts of things for me. And I just really love you so much. And thank you for everybody who's watching. Now, just a reminder, Karen Lazone is an incredible, talented, beautiful writer. She has graciously written articles about every Diamond Beauty, including Julie. And those are up on my blog at lisamgunshore.com. And you click on Diamond Beauties. Julie's article will be up later today. And you can read more about her story there. Um, and Karen is a Diamond Beauty. And she's actually going to be on on July 2nd. We're going to talk about Jim Morrison um, this Friday on the anniversary of his passing, this Friday, July 2nd. So um, you can join us for that, too. It's kind of a fun little thing we're doing. But anyways... I love you, Julie. And don't forget, you guys, juliehoyle.org for everybody who's on audio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. So much love. Bye, everyone.